and no point in fouling anymore. The Duke Blue Devils will win the ACC Tournament Championship for the 22nd time as they beat Virginia by 10. This is the Cry Point of Play Podcast, the Die Hard Duke Basketball Fast Podcast, and your home of the ACC Champions. Oh my goodness, do not let me go. Don't let me get started here, AC. <laughs> I'm telling don't let me do it. Don't don't let this team get hot. Do not want us to win nine games in a row. They're already hot. Really ten games in a row. Don't want us to do it. I'm telling you, no team in the country wants to play us right now. ACC champs. We predicted that they would win, and it wasn't blowing smoke. You know, Jack, you've always been the guy here that I love because you always predict us to win. Even when you don't feel like we're going to win, but I know in your heart, Jack, you felt like we were, we were going to win this championship. Yeah, I mean, Duke's playing hot, and this Duke team, when everything's clicking, is one of the best teams in the country. I don't yeah. really know if there's anything else to say there. Yeah, you, you don't want to play us right now, and we're going to get into all of that. We're going to talk about the brackets, we're going to talk about John Shire and the job that he's done. But let's talk about the ACC tournament real quick because the, the job that we did here and, you know, each team that we beat is now in the tournament that we know for sure, right? So mm-hmm. we just blew out Pitt. Miami was a tough game. We always, we, I'm pretty sure we all talked about this, that that was going to be the toughest game. Mm-hmm. And then we played Virginia. Now, none of us predicted us to play Virginia. I had UNC, ACU at NC State, and Jack, you at Clemson. But... It had to be Virginia. It had to be Virginia that we played, and I'm glad it was. I'm glad that yeah. we got we got our revenge. And you want to call it revenge, you call it whatever you want. I don't care. But I'm glad justice. that we did. We, yeah, uh, yeah, poetic justice. Like I love <laughs> it because what we did against each of those teams is prove that we can win in a number of different ways, and that's what we did the entire ACC tournament. And by the way, just off the top, AC. Flip, flip, holy yeah. shit. I mean, Dude. that guy just played himself into the lottery. Absolutely, he did. Absolutely, did. And, and the better, the, the more our guys play themselves into the lottery, obviously, the better this team is because it's not a team that's worried about their drafts. They're not playing for the draft stock. They're not doing any of that. Like, they are playing to win. And, like, the five, five of the last six games we played were revenge games NC State, UNC, Miami, UVA. Like, every single one of those was a revenge type game. And this team is definitely taking on that mantle, man. Like, they. This is a team that can find their own motivation. They can create their own motivation. Like, you know, remember a couple of years ago, we were like, you know, pack your own motivation or whatever we were saying uh, during that COVID season. And then even last year, it was like the motivation was, you know, it was K driven. But like this year, the team is playing to win basketball games simply to win basketball games. And I think there's an element of playing for Shire as well. But they are just playing like the, the offense in the tournament, man, was off the charts outside of that UVA game. It was like, what is this team? Like, this is not the team I'm used to, but defensively, we were doing everything we usually do. We held Pitt to 27, 28% from three. We held Miami to 30% from three. UVA to 24% from three. Like, we're, we're still playing the type of defense that, number one, wins championships and wins games for us. But it, it's our identity. It's who we've been since November. We're just play, we're playing the same. We're just doing it at a higher level now. Yeah, I think that's the best way to put it. We're doing it at a higher level now. And Jack, I mean, the way that I looked at the ACC tournament was, 
Well, I did not expect us to come out the way we did Thursday and just blow the doors off a pit. But at the same time, I did expect us to win that game by eight to nine points, is what I predicted. And going forward, I know we didn't make predictions for what we would do against Miami and, you know, whoever we played in the championship. But in our text chain, I did predict us to beat UVA by 10. We did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so Jack, when you watch those three games, did you see a team that was just so confident or did you just, I guess, I guess the better question is like, you know, as a fan, right. When you're watching those games, do you just see a team out there that you feel really confident going in knowing that they're going to win that game? It doesn't matter how it's going to be played. I saw a team that knows they can beat anyone at their own game. Look at what mm-hmm. they did. They played high pace yep. with Pitt. They played at a ridiculous, played high pace with Miami. a ridiculous pace with Miami. And then they went and took Virginia's pace and beat them by double digits. Like and turned them over more team. than they turned us over, exactly. which was amazing. Duke beat everyone they played this past week at their own game. Yeah, yeah, that was that was the best part, dude. Like t- 10, t- 10 steals against UVA was awesome. Like and, and we didn't, the past we, we, Can we, we just talk about that? Yeah. Well, the one thing I want to say about the turnover is that we converted right. Uh, or, did, or did not convert, right? So we, we turned UVA over multiple times, mm-hmm. and we didn't convert on every one of those. If we did, that game's a blowout. Oh, yeah. Well, we won by 10. It's like winning by 20. Correct. Whatever you're up by UVA, double it. Just double that's, it. That's, that's, that's logarithmic. It's, it's logarithmic. Awesome. It's ESPN is what it is. It's great. I love it. Yeah, I know. That's why we make fun of but, it. <laughs> obviously. But no, the fact that the amount of guys, like, obviously, Flip had that steal and slam that to mm-hmm. me felt like a dagger. He picked, yeah. he, who was it? He picked whoever's pocket. Dariq, Flip, I want to say Grandison, Proctor, yeah, Rose, Grandison, all yep. jumping the passing lanes. Oh, yeah. Not something I've seen much of this year, really, at all. No, dude, really, no. And, and that's just another just wrinkle that we clicked. now have. That was perfect. That's that's another wrinkle we now have, like because like you're right, we didn't we didn't see that much this year. There might have been like one early like non conference game where we did that. The rest of the time, we just it was we created turnovers by making you throw bad passes or throw across the defense or whatever. Like like this this was a very different <laughs> very different game in terms of that. Yeah, no, I think the other thing that I was going to say, AC, is that we created a lot of turnovers that we didn't see earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of crazy that we started doing it in the ACC tournament. Yeah. Where it's almost like, and I'm, I'm not saying this to be prophetic or anything like that, but like they were kind of playing possum a little bit. No, seriously, the though, right? Year. Like, you know, come on now. Like, all of a sudden we're starting to feel these. We, we, we're clearly scouting the other team very well. Mm-hmm. And we're scouting our opponents very well. And we're understanding where our defensive assignments are supposed to be. Right. And I think that that is where this team is. Our defense has been great all year, but now we're getting even better, and that's scary. So yeah, that's what we no, did in the ACC tournament, though. To me, like I was, I was never. That was the thing that like, you know you want to talk about the Miami game in specific, like where you know the game got close. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a lot of lead changes and all this stuff. I was never concerned about losing that game. No, and that's the comfort that you feel when you're confident in your squad. Right. Where I was never concerned about losing, I just was like, okay, how are we going to find this way to win? 
Right. And that's kind of where I'm at with this team. No, seriously, man. Like we just, we are, we are constantly making you do the thing you don't want to do on offense. That's, that's what this team was kind of built on. But now you're adding steals. You're adding turnover creation. We have the block shots with lively. Like, yeah, bro. Like, what else do you want us to do at this point? Like, and like you said, like playing possum. I mean, coaches are known to hold something for the end of the season. They are known. Coach to K, we, we've talked about it on this podcast right. for years. You know, Coach K, like holding things back. Yeah. You're, you're, you're favorite, player, uh, your favorite player, Justin Robinson, right? Yeah, yeah. No, seriously. Whether it's a player or whether it's a scheme or something, like coaches will hold something for the end of the season, and, and they'll they'll practice it like. You know, there, there will be a meaningless possession in a game in those November or December where they'll run some stuff, and then, and then you see it again. It shows up in force in the tournament because they've been practicing it. They ran it in games, like they do stuff like that all the time. But it kind of felt in January. It almost felt like with this team, we didn't have that luxury. And and now, man, like seriously, man, like what what else? What else do we have to prove, or what else do we have to show that we can do? Because we've shown we can make shots when we need to make shots. We've shown that we can survive high turnover games. We've shown that we can turn teams over. We can show, you know what I mean? I, I keep going down the list. We are in such a good place right now. And I, I just, I, I love this team. I love what they did in the AC tournament. I'm so proud of them. I'm so proud of yeah. them. <laughs> you know, you could go on and on. And the, the other thing that I love right now, Jack, is that, you know, sure, we're a five seed, whatever. Don't care. We're going to talk about the tournament in a minute. But what I like is that we are the hunters. And mm-hmm. we're a team right now that nobody else wants to play. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so when we're talking about the ACC tournament, all three of those teams, like we said, played a different style, but we have ways to beat them at their own game or just force you to play our game. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is that we don't even know what our game is. We just do what we do. We play Truly. great defense. We if, we're, if we play great defense, which we always do, Mm-hmm. So let's put that one out. If we can, if we protect the ball, and and we hit shots, you're not going to beat this team. Yeah, oh, no, no. I mean, TK, like you said, this is like we don't even know what this team's game is. I think at this point, it's give the ball to Tyrese Proctor, and something good's going to happen. Yeah, him. Yeah, <laughs> Tyrese is he's a dog, bro. I mean, him and Jeremy, man, like the the way that backcourt is playing right now is just stupid, dude. It's stupid. It's stupid. It's perfect. Yeah. You know, Jack, I want to keep it with you here. You know, AC laid it up for you. Talk about Jeremy Roach. I mean, so to me, um, especially last night where Jeremy Roach had a Rear lot high, of baby. He had a lot of terrible turnovers. You know what I mean? Like, but when you needed a goddamn bucket, like, who are you giving the ball to? It's Jeremy Roach. And I want to give a pat on the back to myself, where a couple podcasts ago, we talked about end-of-game scenarios. Mm-hmm. We have that guy now. We do. Mm-hmm. We already know who that guy is. It's Jeremy Roach. Give and him the damn ball. said that? I need, I need you to know. Who, who said that? Wait, if, we're giving, that? if we're giving pats for Jeremy Roach, dog, I'm Jeremy, I'm King Roach. Nah, nah, like, give me a break. Nah, nah. But you <laughs> said, yes, who's your one? Who said Jeremy? Give me a break. Who's the one? Who's the one who said we have a closer and his name's Jeremy Roach? When you two were debating, you. that was you. I'll give you that credit. I've been talking to Jeremy for three years. I'm saying, what I'm saying here, and I just want to make sure it's clear. Is what I'm saying is that when AC said end game scenarios, mm-hmm. we don't have that alpha. Well, I you say, know, yeah, we do. Right. When it comes <laughs> to end game scenarios, though, we do have that guy, and it's Jeremy Rose. Yeah, you're right. And he and he proved it again and again and He's again. He's a winner. 
he's a fucking winner. Ain't he a hundred percent? Let's let's leave it with Jack here because you know, talk about Jeremy Roach real quick. Jeremy Roach came to Duke, and as a freshman, the team went thirteen and eleven. Jeremy Roach, as a sophomore, was the point guard on a Final Four team. Jeremy Roach, as a junior, is the captain of the ACC champions and is going into the tournament looking at a really good run, potentially. He Mm -hmm. had 19 second-half points. He's comfortable, man. Exactly. 19 second-half points against UVA is insane. Mm -hmm. Like, give this man all all the flowers, all the credit. He has been the reason... Duke is playing the level they are offensively. He is the one getting the buckets when no one else is doing anything. He could have the worst game ever, but in the last two minutes, he's going to get a layup or a stupid All three right. that makes no sense. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, that, that, yeah, that, that to me is really it. Uh, he had five turnovers and you know one assist last night, but when we needed the bucket, he got it. He's the guy mm-hmm. that you want the ball in his hands, 23 points, four rebounds. He shot the ball fantastic. He was two of two from three. He's a guy that when you go to the line, you want him at the line, seven to seven from from the free throw line. And, and I'm a guy that I'll be the first one to admit that Jeremy hasn't always been great at the line, but it's almost like AC when the game's on the line, though, yeah. no pun intended. Like that's the guy you want, right? No, that's why, and that's why you can't look at like percentages and stuff in a vacuum because. And and and, and yeah, you know, the, the the phrase "free throws win championships." There, there there is validity to the phrase, but it's also not. It's again not in a vacuum. Like it's not okay. You shoot eighty percent from free throw line, you're going to win a championship. No, that's not how it goes. Like, can you hit shots down the stretch? Because in a game where a team's trying to come back, one of the things that they want they want you to shoot the ball when time has stopped. And if you miss those shots, that helps them out even more because that's on that's with time stopped, and now it's a possession where you don't get to score. So. It's absolutely huge to be able to hit free throws down the stretch of games like that, and we did it, man. We 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 did everything we needed to do to win the championship. That play where where flipped through the ball across court over to Tyrese Proctor, that with was like eight minutes left in that yeah. second half, man. Like that was I put it on Twitter. That's the epitome of team chemistry. Like Flip got the he got that catch, got doubled quickly, and he could see over the defense because he's seven foot tall, and they had they had six foot five guys doubling him. But outside of that. He also had he, he was already looking for that corner as soon as he caught that ball when he got and he got bumped. Thankfully, the miss called and you know they missed the call because we got a three out of it. But he got bumped and got to throw a, a, an incredible pass across to Tyrese yeah. Proctor. Man, that was it was beautiful. It was and, and Tyrese was there for like for Tyrese to be there for Flip to just know that he was going to be there and have the blind faith to just throw the ball in that direction. Like it was perfect, man. It was beautiful. Yeah, the other thing, Jack, that I want to talk about real quick, because you know we can we can talk about the UBA game all we want, but really to me the ACC championship was won when Jeremy hit that three against Miami because he was it was he was over two mm-hmm. from three at that point, mm-hmm. and then he hits the dagger. It had to be Jeremy Roach, mm-hmm. and like I'm 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 happy for Duke, I'm happy for John, but I'm more happy for anyone than for 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 Jeremy Roach. Like th- he's just that guy. That was the Michigan State 3 last year. Yeah. That was yeah, the same yeah, shot. Exactly. That was literally I I I heard the call in my head, the onions from the little guy. <laughs> when he hit that 3. Yeah, 100%, yes, right? It was it was incredible. Really like obviously flip tournament MVP great for him. Jeremy Roach 
well deserving of that all ACC tournament first team. For sure, yeah. for sure. Mission. Yeah, I think the other thing, um, AC, that I know you wanted to talk about is the play call by John Shire to get the Rick Whitehead that three. Yeah, You've seen that before, though, haven't you? Yeah, we've seen that before. That's the old Cam Rudders beat Florida State play, man. That was beautiful. He ran it twice. He ran it twice. That was the beauty of it. It worked twice. Like the the second time again, it was a late closeout. It ended up for three free throws for Derek. Like beautiful play. I love that execution. Like way to use that play. Like John, there's a lot of plays that John has used. That whether it was you know I don't, I don't know who I, I'm assuming K drew him up when it, when he was still coach. But you know John has his fingerprints all over his team. But like he he uses a lot of K, like just some sideline out of bounds plays that he uses that K has. There's some new stuff that he uses baselines out of bounds, all that like some sets that he uses that K used like. It, he's just he's playing chess right now. <laughs> he's just playing chess. With yo, teams. yo, we talked about it, right? We we, chess, we had that segment. Checkers, we had a whole segment on it. Where right, right, right in the middle, right in the middle of when when the, John Shire is probably at his lowest in terms of fan approval. We had that podcast about chess versus checkers, and it was like he's playing chess, man. Like, don't get it twisted. <laughs> like, he's getting this team ready for something special. And look at where we are, man. We are we are there. We are special. We are truly special. All right, so let's flip the gears here and talk about John Shire. So <laughs> it's very tough for me to transition to this one without getting too excited because <laughs> I've wanted John Shire as our coach for the last three or four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that to mean that I want Coach Faye to leave, but I want John Shire to be our guy, and he is our guy. And Chris Carrawell, we've talked about it, you know, specifically stated we have our guy. And I know that we had our bumps in the road, of course. You know, what team doesn't have their bumps in the road? And you have 11 new players. You have the injuries to arguably your two best players. And I'm I'm repeating myself from the last podcast. Mm -hmm. And now you're a team that is 26 and 8. And Jack, you and I were talking about this in our text chain. Neither one of us had that, you know, in our preseason prediction. But I said 28 and 10. Yeah, but we both had, you know. Right, exactly. We both had double-digit losses, right? And, you know, I was way off in terms of what my prediction was for the ACC. I didn't think this team had that kind of gusto, but who am I to now sit there and pretend like I didn't think John Shire had this in him? Because he does. He's fantastic. And so what I want to do in this segment is not only talk about John Shire, but I I want to give AC, I want to give credit to Coach K. Because all you hear from rival fans is, oh, the Coach K retirement tour. The, mm-hmm. you know, he's all about himself. He's very selfish. Well, that may be true, but, you know, you think about the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises and mm-hmm. you think about the hero that we need. To me, it was him sacrificing himself. And maybe it cost this last year because of all the attention that they got. But he mm-hmm. was setting John up, and he was setting the program up for a success the rest of the way. And so yeah. A was the hero that we needed. Maybe we didn't deserve it. Well, to he me, lived long enough to become yeah. the villain, right? Well, like, exactly. That's what he did. And, and to, me, to me, it was what he did for this team and what he did for this program is now starting to be realized. And the job's not finished yet, mm-hmm. and I have no idea if we're going to win it all. I have no idea if we're going to get the Final Four. We, we could lose whenever. But he set this program up for success, and when you look mm-hmm. eight miles down the road, you see the opposite. 
Right. You see Roy Williams in the stands. You see him looking over Huber's shoulder. And the dysfunction that they have in that program, mm-hmm. whether you want to call it the cancer that is killed long, or you want to talk about anything else in terms of the way that they weren't able to go, they just don't have it. But we do. And it's, it's very apparent now it's not even close to being a consideration whether we made the right choice. We 100% did. And because I guess what I want to say, and I'm going on a rant here, but AC, but what I wanted to say is that with John Shire, this isn't a fluke. Where Hubert Davis, I believe it was a fluke last year. So that's why it's a a huge difference when you're talking about, and, and even though John Shire doesn't go to the Final Four this year, this is not a fluke. No, and he's a phenomenal recruiter. He's a phenomenal player development, but he has the culture here at Duke to continue this program going forward, and that's that's what you need, and that's what UNC does not have right now. And I I want to say, AC, I know you want to talk about this. Um, you set up the GoFundMe account again. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. We're, right. Look, so, donate yeah, to the GoFundMe, save Hubert's job. But like, look at the old guard, man. Like all the old guard that's leaving right now. Look what's happening to their programs. Like Syracuse isn't they're in they're in a hole for the next five to ten years, man. Like, Bayheim ran that program he into ran the it ground, straight into the dirt. Roy did essentially the same thing. Like UNC was on a downward slope, and and he got lucky. Like I, he, they got lucky last year. Like plain of fact, they got lucky. Like and so now you got John this year following a legend, following the greatest of all time, like the hardest follow up job in the history of college basketball. Ever, ever, not not even close, ever. And the only validation for how the state of the program was going to be at some point, maybe year three or four, John was going to do what he did this year and, and win, sweep Carolina, get to an AC championship and all that, three or, year three or four. For it to happen in year one is validating for where Kay left the program. It was validating for where the athletic department left the program. And it's validating for John Shire as a coach to do it in year one. With his own players, mind you, not anybody else's players. Not that's like he, not that's like the thing, eleven new players. players. That that's not, the thing that I keep going back to. Right. Where, well, and let me let me keep going. Yeah. Not, not like not like Roy with Matt Doherty's players. You know what I mean? Like it, it just keeps going and going. You can go down the line. You can pick another team. And, and Bill hey, Guthridge hey, with Dean Smith's players. Exactly. Correct. Correct. Well, and so that's the one that like players. Like yeah. you, you keep going down the line, and you just keep seeing these other coaches. They had to start their program with somebody else's play because it's the nature of that the time, like you weren't turning players over year after year after year back then. However, John is doing this with his own guys. It's his own program. Cause K is not around. He's not hanging around. He's not showing up at every game. He's not showing up at every practice. He's not doing any of that. It's John's he, he program. He showed up at one game. Exactly. It's, it's John's program, man. And, and he wouldn't have shown up at that game if Mike Bray wasn't leaving. Like, sure. so it, it's John's program at this point. It was John's program to start the season, and and really the past two or three years, he's been grooming it to be John's program, letting him bring guys in and recruiting classes that he wasn't going to use, but John might have wanted things like that. Like and and John getting hands on, well, a lot of hands on with the team the past couple of years for various circumstances. Like again, we didn't need John to go to another school to get experience. Like he he got all the experience he needed at Duke University because Duke University is is the the premier brand in college basketball. Like, I don't, I don't know what else to say, man. Like this, 
like you said, Coach K has left. He created something incredible with this program. The adaptation of this program is amazing. And the fact that you can just take another coach who has zero head coaching experience in college basketball, follow up the greatest of all time, and just end up right back at the same place the next year with that guy's own players. Like, what what else can we say? Yeah, I'm not sure what, what else to add to that because I think that what John Shire has done is the fact, Jack, the fact that he got zero ACC Coach of the Year votes on brand, baby. That's on brand. I mean, I love it. I love it. Makes it. Sense. Brand. Coach K right. hasn't won in forever. 1999 and 2000, the last time he won any kind of Coach of the Year awards, like 20, 23 years. Like John John Shire has no shot in hell at winning a Coach of the Year award. By the way. Because we're just going to continue to get great players. We're just going to continue to achieve at the level people expect us to achieve at. So they're not going to give him a coach of the year for that, which is bullshit because recruiting is a part of the game, right? Like like the, the coach at Texas A&M Corpus Christi can't bring in Kyle Filipowski. He can't bring in Derek Lively. He can't bring those guys in. John Shire can bring those guys in. So why does he not get credit for doing that shit? I am so – let me go on the soapbox real quick. Let me do this real fast and then I'll be Here done. we go. I just no, I hate it, man. And here we go. I get it. I might be annoying. I'm, I, tell me if I'm annoying. It's fine. But I'm standing up for John here, and I'm standing up for the Duke program here. It's bullshit that you can recruit the best. We always people use that like it's a detriment. Like get the fuck out of here, man. Like this is a team. He, he put them together. He's the one who goes out in the recruiting show and gets these guys. He talks to them. He talks to their parents. He brings them in. He doesn't cheat. We don't. We don't do the nonsense that you hear of with other schools having to to cheat to bring guys in. We don't have to flub classes. We don't have to pay. The pizza man. We don't have to do any of that shit, man. He's bringing these guys in. He's teaching them the game of basketball. He's making them better players. Look how the guys have just developed throughout the season. All of them. All of the top recruits. How All the flaws that they had. Now look at them all. Like, give this man credit for what he's doing, goddammit, man. Like, come on, bro. John Shire's he's balling as a coach right now. This is chess, dog. Get out of my face with he has the greatest recruiting class. Of course he wins. Shut up. Shut up. You have to get it in the first place. That's a part of coaching. Stop it with this morality play and these stupid votes. Give this man his due. I'm done, man. I'm done. Yo, Jack, Jack I, can't, I can't follow that. I'm going to say the same thing I did last week, which is that Capel definitely deserved ACC Coach of the Year this year, but Shire should have gotten some consideration. Yeah, I, You're I not did, wrong. You're not wrong, right? Because of the job Capel did based on expectation, absolutely. But at some point, it can't just be you were expected to be 14th and you finished 5th. Right. And but or you have you recruited and coached an incredible team that made it however far you're going to make it in your season. And regardless of expectation, like at some point it's got to even out. There's got to be a place where that evens out. Well, yeah. So that's kind of my point, right? Where, you know, I said this last week where your expectations are X. And so your vote is going to be dependent on what your expectations were going to be. Before the year, so like that doesn't line up with what actually happens. So exactly. say that you have the greatest recruiting class in the country, which John Shire did. Does that actually line up though with the fact that he had to replace eleven players? And in addition to that, you have two of those guys get injured before the season started, and then on top of that, you have a couple slip ups. You know where you know that was expected, by the way. Like, I'm sorry that your expectations were where they were, but that doesn't actually equate to what actually happened. 
if that makes sense, right? So exactly. Like, you know, not to mention Roy Williams won two coach of the year coach of the years in ACC with teams that had top five recruiting classes and finished exactly where they were expected to finish in their season. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, Josh I mean, Pastor was a coach of the year with an eight and eight Georgia Tech team. That where is he now, like, Jack? Jack, where is he now? Uh, the man was fired two years too late. Okay, there you go. Um, at so, least yeah, two before, years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's actually funny. It's actually funny that we uh, that we say that I'm not you know rooting for anyone to lose their job. Certainly not Hubert Davis. I hope that he keeps I his job. I want to make sure that Hubert Davis Hubert Davis keeps his job as long as possible. Um, but you know, having said that, what the job that Kay did to set this program up for long-term mm-hmm. success cannot be understated, and I don't want that to go by the wayside. And I, I think right. that one of the things that I, I look back on myself is that I wanted Kay to have his long song, and mm-hmm. I wanted him to ride off into the sunset, but I also knew that it was time for him to go. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a really painful thing for me to say. It's, it's like a tough thing to say because that was my guy. You know, I, I never knew another coach other than Coach K. Yeah. But at the same time, you knew that you had the heir apparent in the building with John Shire. And I know that we've talked about this for a long time. So you can go back to our old podcast episodes and listen to where we said John Shire is the guy. Mm-hmm. Is it nice to be validated for that? Yeah, sure, but it doesn't mean anything to me. I don't care. I just kind of want this program to continue, and I think Coach K, Jack, to me, deserves a lot of credit. Oh, certainly. I mean, yeah, everyone was like, oh, he's doing retirement tour repeatedly the entire process. He said, it would not be fair to incoming recruits if they thought they were coming to play for me and they ended up playing for someone else. Exactly. I understand that. So Shire's able to go out and recruit his own guys and set up for his own system and his own team while Kay is able to focus a little bit more than normal on his guys. And that's that's perfect. Absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. And then and for you know for, for as progressive as the program is now like look we we I, it sounds like a broken record. We have a GM, like we have a social media department. We have so many things most programs in the country don't have, and we are just we're just balling, and it's all validated because of where we are right now. Yeah, phenomenal job by John. Phenomenal job by the program. Hats off to Mark Mitchell, Derek Lively, Phil Palski, Proctor. Mm-hmm. And even Jaden Shoot, the guys that committed to John, knowing full well that he was going to be the coach, like that that mm-hmm. can't that can't be understated, because a lot of guys, you know, when they committed to Duke, it was you know I want to play for Coach K. Paul even mm-hmm. said it himself. So, you know, I I'm proud of those guys, and I'm 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 happy for them that they got this this championship because they earned it. They earned it mm-hmm. damn well, and I'm happy for John. All right, so Jack, let's get to the NCAA tournament. Play. Break down so, the bracket for us, buddy. Uh, let me pull my bracket back up. So, first <laughs> round, first round, Duke's gonna be playing Oral Roberts, which, uh, yeah, that's a team that went on a huge Cinderella run not too long ago. However, it's also a team that has not played anyone nearly as good as Duke close. No. So, 
they beat a shitty Ohio State when they went on that run. Then they got to play another low seed. Like they they got to go on a run because of circumstance. Like this is very different. I know everybody's worried about Oral Roberts. I mean, I'll, I'll get to it in a minute for my part. I'll let you keep going, Jack. Ain't worried. Yeah, I I was. I am not now that I've actually looked at it. They haven't beaten anyone higher than forty four in the net rankings. Duke is sixteen. Yep. Um. Other than that one win against number forty four, they haven't beaten anyone that's in the top 140 in the net. They got blown out by Houston. They lost to... They have a couple of Q4 losses. So like, Mary's. Yes. Lost to Utah State. Okay, in that case, no, they don't have any Q4 losses. I completely misremembered what team I was looking at. Because um, <laughs> they have four losses, and now... Yeah, and whatever. they lost in New Mexico. The other team was yeah. Mexico. I think so they have some solid losses, but they have no good wins. No. I think the the 8-9, uh, Memphis and Florida Atlantic, is probably the strongest 8-9 in the entire tournament. I Florida think Atlantic's per- good, huh? Yeah, they're very good. They really are. And I don't know if you guys watched Memphis today in the uh, AAC they championship handled, game. They handled Houston. That was, I mean, obviously no Sasser. That doesn't matter. That's a really good Houston team. Even yeah, they the rest Houston. Player. And they've been on a run, too, the end, to end their season, Memphis I, has. I think they, if they beat Florida Atlantic, they could give Purdue a run in the second round. For sure, for sure. Um, Tennessee and Louisiana are playing, uh, the winner of that game will play the winner of Duke and Oral Roberts. I really think if Tennessee gets out of the first round, I don't think they get further than the second round, especially against a really hot Duke team. If Duke does make it out the, uh, make it out of the first round, Tennessee lost to Kai Ziegler for the season. They really have no one who can counter Duke's backcourt now. Yeah, Kentucky and Providence is going to be a fun one. Bryce Hopkins revenge game. I think there's a real shot. Providence beats Kentucky. K State is most likely going to beat Montana State. That's just me though. Um, I think <laughs> the winner of Kentucky and Providence versus K State is going to be a great game. Michigan State and USC, Marquette, Vermont. Seven tens are always a toss up. Marquette's probably going to get to the second round. I don't know how good Marquette is. I think they're, they're really. I know. I've seen them play. Like I think they're you know really what they good. Remind team. me of honestly. They I don't remind know if me of Duke. They, they remind me of like mid two thousands Duke teams that don't rebound well, spread the floor, play four out for uh, one end, that whole deal. Like that. That's and they and they have they have a you know they they have the a great motivator and, and Shaka Smart man. Like yeah, Shaka's a great coach. Like they're 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 a good team. I, I'm still not afraid. If that's the oh, best no. way to put it, I, I really think that Duke and Purdue are the best teams with no real competition outside of them in this yeah. bracket. And even Purdue is really struggling lately. They they almost blew like a twenty point lead or something like that to Penn State today. They have a bunch of really bad losses in conference during the whole Big Ten cannibalization that happened this season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think that the East region. While it's stacked with names, I really don't know how stacked with talent it is. Mm-hmm. So my question would be is to either one of you, normally when you go into the NCAA tournament and the brackets are re- released, do you see it a region that is like the death region? South. Is it, I, I don't. South. South region is nasty. Okay. That South region is nasty, man. 
Bama, San Diego State, UVA, just in a tournament scenario, UVA is very difficult to play against because you They're don't get lose to play. To Furman. Yeah, no, they I, might. They yeah. might. They absolutely might. You just you don't get to play a UVA the, the style of play any other time in the season. The only the only place that really has a luxury of doing that is the ACC because you got a couple of teams that play blocker mover and play uh, pack line defense. So in in a tournament scenario, they are still tough. Good for them. Whatever. NC State is good enough to beat most teams in the country if they're on, if they can hit their shots. Baylor, I'm, I'm iffy on Baylor, but Missouri is a really good seven seed. Missouri is a team that early on in the season was undefeated for a long, very long time. Really good team with a bunch of transfers. And then you got Arizona. It's one of my favorite teams in the NCAA, man. Like I, I, They've underachieved quite a bit in cer- certain scenarios and games, but they won their conference tournament, and they are a very difficult team to play against with how they play. By the way, Tennessee's going to lose to Louisiana. I just want to. Um, That's so, not even a hot take. It's not. It's not. It's not. Um, it's not. I had San Diego State in the Final Four as a hot take. It's not so much a hot take anymore, folks. No, <laughs> I mean, I um, have them losing to Charleston, but that's just me. So, Jack, I want to keep with you. So, you, both you and I talked about Houston at the beginning of the year. Do you find them a team that can make it to the Final Four? I do. Even with an injured Sasser? I mean, he's going to play, like, incredibly half-assed against Northern Kentucky. I'm I mean, sure. I think they have a good path to the Final Four. I also think that Auburn could beat them if Auburn makes it out of the first round. Especially because they're in Birmingham. That's tough. Yes. That's, all, that's a very similar scenario to us having to play South Carolina in South Carolina. That was terrible. Very I mean, similar be, scenario. Yeah. And then you got to look at Texas on the other side. Texas is good, man. Yeah, Texas is good. I think, I think it's going to be a tough one. And Texas is going to struggle with Colgate in the first game. And then well, I think after that, true. they're going to be set up. Yeah, it's A&M, so Penn State's good. Yeah. good and matchups. then we're forgetting about Miami. We're not even mentioning Miami getting to play Houston in the Sweet 16. That is also incredibly difficult. Yeah, yeah. Miami's probably going to make it out of that pool. Yeah, you That's... think about the, the, the yards that Miami has. Obviously, you know, it's a, it's a broken record. It's cliche. Guards Thank win you, championships. But at the same time... Miami has those yards that they More guards than Shawshank, as Rothstein said. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they they have the yards to to, to make things yeah. uncomfortable at, at minimum. But but I, I see Houston moving through pretty pretty not easily, I guess I would say. But I have them moving through to the final four. I think they can. I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't. I don't think they will. What do you guys have in the West? Uh, I know I'm shifting through, but like, what do you mm-hmm. guys have in the West? Because like, honestly, Kansas, got, I'm laughing because Kansas just got blown out by Texas. Right. Um, what do you have? You know, I understand Bill Self wasn't there. Got it. Okay. But what do you see care. in the West with Kansas? If Kansas gets past Arkansas, in my opinion, I think they make it all the way to the Final Four. So I have UConn coming out of the West. UConn, interesting. Yeah. Very interesting take. Yeah, I like that well, take though. I like the take. I don't hate it. Here's the reason I have UConn um, because of where they are, not only in their region, but also the matchups that they have going forward. Plus their Kempom rankings, mm-hmm. like I have I have them winning it from the West. I would love to see Bobby Hurley run, like make an Elite Eight run to go up against UConn. That would be so funny. Dude, when it does, they, they, played against part two. Other, they played against each other. They, this will be yeah, the Bobby's first. the one that won. So. Yep, now, you, now they're going to coach against each other. But no, I mean, UConn, had, they have bigs. They have an incredible front court. They, they've started to have some good guard play to end the season. 
dude. That's not a, that's not a hot take to say that about UConn. It's not. And like Arkansas is, they're they're kind of a dying star. Like they started the season so well. Anthony Black has actually been pretty bad to end the season. He can't yeah. hit two points. Kind of like Derek, he can't hit two point shots. Really weird. But um, no man, like it's it's not a hot take. That's like it's not a hot take at all. Like Kansas is not. Like they're number one, but they're they're number one because they're Kansas. Like we right. knew they weren't going to get anything. They had so a many seed. blowout losses. They could have for... had twenty losses yeah. a season. They would have been a one seed. It's fine, but no, they would have been two. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry, my fault. My fault. I'm a little hyperbolic there, but but no, I mean like there's nothing like we played them. There's nothing about Kansas that's like scary. Like whatever. Like whatever with them. I, the the only one seed I can see making it out is Bama, in my opinion. That's the only one seed I see making it out. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because I was gonna I was gonna shift to the south obviously after this, um, but I'm glad that you transitioned to that because to me, coming into the tournament, if you wanted to say there was one clear team that was number one, to me it was Bama. Bama is the number one. They they have the shooters. Mm-hmm. They got a post. They got a star. I was, I was, I was trying to play it. Do a pun now. Oh, come on, oh, man. No, 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 no. We ain't joking about that. No. Oh, um, but yeah. <laughs> Wait, hold on. No, no, no. Hold on. No, no. You got, you got to get this. You got to get the loser one. Where to go? No, they have the shooters and, uh, you know, they got the uh, the team <laughs> to uh, to be able to, to make some noise. So I, I do think the band is the best team mm-hmm. right now. Now, ironically enough, if we want to talk about who they would face, you know, coming on, uh, coming out of the South, if I, if I do believe that Duke can come out of the East, they would be able to face Duke. I don't think we match up very well with them. Give me that Nate Oates revenge game. It's a whole revenge season. Revenge tour, baby. Purdue, Alabama, all of just all the revenge. Give me all the revenge. This is what Nate Oates gets for trashing Coach K a few years ago. Fun fact, we were looking back. This is the first time Duke's played in Orlando in the NCAA tournament. The last two times that Duke's played in Florida to start the NCAA tournament out, we made it to the national championship game. I just want to say that. 94, 94 in 2009-2010, which we keep comparing this team to 2009-2010 now, which prior to the season, we were saying that the makeup was going to be very similar because they're going to be post-heavy and they're going to rely on defense until the offense gets into shape because of all the injuries and stuff we had. And we weren't going to have a main score and all the other stuff we were saying. It really reminded me of 2009, 2010. There's just so many parallels, man. Yeah. So, Jack, you and I, you know, were in agreement. AC was a step behind us in terms of where we thought we would be uh, in terms of rankings or seeds, depending on. Didn't I say we were going to be a five seed? What not? Yeah, no, I'm saying that you're right. So, when you were a step behind us, um, because Jack and I both had us at four. And you you were right, and you were actually correct, uh, having us at the five. Um, I'm, I'm sorry that you were correct, but you know, yeah, whatever, fuck them, you know okay. what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, this. yeah I, I'm not too worried about it. So, let's talk about the uh, the games that Duke playing here. So, Warren yeah. Roberts, the first game, let's give a couple of predictions there. Um, AC. You're a huge Oral Roberts guy, <laughs> so you know, tell us. <laughs> tell, tell, us, tell us what to expect down there in Orlando against Oral Roberts. Like oh, by the way, these... so Jack, you, you told us that Thursday, 710? 710. Okay, there you go. Times came out. So, no, Oral or Roberts, 34 on the season, 18 0 in their terrible trash Summit League conference. Like, good for them. They have a big, giant 7 3 dude in the center who is weak, can't run, but he's their second leading scorer. Good for him. They have Max Asmus, who's everybody's favorite. Cinderella story. It's rare that 
Cinderella's happened twice in the tournament. Like they already did their little Cinderella thing before. So once again, it's very rare that a team does it again. So with the same squad, essentially. So no, I'm out. I'm out on them. They they shoot they shoot the three ball well, but what's the thing that we do better than anybody in the nation right now? And that's three point percentage defense. And they're a team that relies on hitting threes to win games. If they aren't hitting their threes, they're not winning games. And we are going to hold them under 30% from the three-point line. We are. It's just how it goes. So it it's going to be fun to say, oh, this game's going to be closer. I, I guarantee the Vegas lines are going to move so heavy towards Oral Roberts because it's a 5-12, because there's going to be so much. There's going to be so many. Watch all, all week. Watch all week with all the analysts and stuff and how they're going to talk about Oral Roberts as a Cinderella and stuff. Watch. That's, that's a setup. We're going to beat this team by like 25. I promise you. I promise you. So 80, 85, 85-60, whatever you want to yeah, whatever score okay, you want me to AC, it's funny that you say that because I had 83-60. Yeah, we're going to beat the shit um, out of them. Yeah, I, I'm not worried whatsoever about this game. Jack, what do you have? 78-51. to 51. All right, so I, I really don't think Ace Miss is going to... They can't defend us. They don't have size enough to defend us. Conover or whatever the big kid's name, I think it's Conover. He's he's going to have 5,000 in the first half. Like They can't defend us. They can't play with us. They don't have the horses to deal with this team. It's They're not beating a trash Ohio State team this time. They're beating the team that is the hottest team in the nation, one of the best teams in the nation, and they just happen to be a five seed. No, it's not happening. Yeah, well, I mean, we've we won, we won 10 straight games. We're about to win 11. So... Jack, what do you? Who do you? First of all, who do you have us playing in the second game? I have us playing Tennessee. Okay, Me too. I don't know how likely that is, but I do have us playing Tennessee. I was playing Louisiana. So let's start with Jack because I'm in agreement with Jack here. So we'll get the AC in a minute. Um, I, I'm with you playing Tennessee. To me, this game is going to be a little bit tougher, but I still have us winning that game, seventy-two to sixty-four. I haven't even thought that far ahead, if I'm being completely honest, but their lack of a defensive point in Ziegler is just going to be huge, and I, I think really they're not that good of an SEC team without Ziegler. So I, I think Duke Duke can win that one probably 78-63. to 63. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee... Yeah, you're talking about Tennessee. You have, you have Tennessee... I have yeah. yeah, if we're talking about Tennessee, we're talking about a team that without Ziggler has started to skyrocket in their turnovers from where they were throughout the season. They've played bad basketball the past couple games. You saw them losing the SEC tournament to Missouri. Like they're they're not a team that is they're not a team that's very good. If 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 I want to put it bluntly, and at, at this point without Ziggler and with Ziggler, they still it wasn't like they were great. So I'm not I'm not worried about Tennessee if we play them. If we play them, give me an eight point win over Tennessee. I really think that Louisiana is going to beat them. They have they have a post player six eleven who's their main score, main rebounder. Like, and Tennessee doesn't have interior defense. That that's one of the things that they lack. And and this is one of those Cinderella things that you see out of a team. And four thirteens have kind of been the new five twelves the past few years. I'm going I'm going Louisiana there, and we're then we're going to beat Louisiana because we do have the post players to match up with them, and we do have the type of team that matches up with what they want to do. So give me give me a. 75-60 win over Louisiana. All right, there we have it. So, you know, we'll, we'll we'll do the rest of our predictions when we get to the Sweet 16. That's what we're going to do. But like right it. now, what we got to focus on, AC, is that we're ACC champs. Let's just fucking go. 
Now, every single person out there, Duke fans included, did not do this team service. They did not believe that we could be where we are right now. We're the hottest team in the country. And if you're another team in this country, you do not want to face Duke. Whether we're a five seed, a four seed, a three seed, it is irrelevant. We are the best team in the country right now. I'm not saying we're going to win it all, but let's just see what happens. Don't give us a chance. I'm telling you right now, do not give us a chance. Let's go Duke. Let's go Duke. Let's go Duke. Hey guys, thanks for checking out the Five Point Play podcast. Like, comment, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Also check us out on Twitter and on Instagram, Five Point Play Podcast. Let's go Duke.